Hey there, I'm David. Some of you know my dad from the Twisted Cape. Some of you know him because ABC. Yes, one, two, three. Or simple as do re mi. ABC. One, two, three. <laughs> Baby, you and me, girl. Thank you, young man. But regardless of how you know me, you know I love comics, and that's what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mike's Big Stack. Oh, hell yeah, my thickies. Welcome to the show, everyone. Recording this week at the Walt Thickman Bridge. Fun week of comics in store for you this episode. Shout out to my son, David, for opening the show. See if we can get him back later. A couple of things right off the top for you. Remember that this week starts Mike's Thick Stack Attack number one, the first Mike's Thick Stack giveaway. Basically, just guess the theme properly. Full rules and prize details are at thetwistedcape.com right now. A few quick shout outs. Thanks for tuning in, Mountain View, California. What up, Philly? Yo, Scottsdale, Arizona. Thanks for coming back, Dublin. And finally, what's good, New York City? As always, we start by reading the thickness of my stack, so dip it low and pick it up slow while we check out Mike's Thickometer. Oh yeah, Mike's Thickometer. Thick like a local deli pastrami sandwich, this week clocks in at a 5 out of 10 on Mike's Thickometer, an average week of thickness. I like more thickness, personally. You guys know that. That's my preference. Don't at me, but you can if you want to. This week, it is heavy on the Marvel end, specifically Empire, and we'll start the week by jumping in with those Marvel books. Up first, Amazing Spider-Man 45. I give this a 4 out of 5. Right away, the serious tone strikes you, alongside the fact that Carly Cooper, one of Pete's ex-girlfriends, is back in the picture, which feels ominous for her character. Pete is missing MJ and goes on this big date he planned for her alone since she had to stay in L.A. He goes to theater, out to dinner, and he's pretty mopey about it, rightfully so. Factor that in with the fact that he's been run down by Kindred in his dreams and hounded by his forces in his daily life, he's really just not on his game. Spidey comes across Overdrive, who's running from the Sin Eater, who Spidey's clearly mad about coming across again, and even mentions that he wished that the revolving door of death would have slammed shut in this guy's face because he's a terrible person. If you remember, Sin Eater killed Gene DeWolf way back in the day. Sin Eater kills Overdrive with a gun that shoots through Spidey harmlessly but hits Overdrive. Back at the end of the issue, cut to Carly Cooper, who is doing the autopsy, and Overdrive wakes up with no bullet wound. I like the dark tone of this book, especially with Kindred lurking in the background, but I have to question getting Mark Bagley, who did Ultimate Spider-Man, in on this book to tell this story. Sometimes the art is jarring because many of the characters look far younger and than they actually are, and it comes out across maybe a little more cartoony than I'd like. This story really deserves more of a dark, gritty style, and it kind of takes away from this story a little bit. Moving on, Captain Marvel number 18 Three and a half out of five. Despite what feels like a leap for this character to be jumping into this role as the accuser, Carol fits right in at first. She saves a stranded alliance ship and then reports back to Teddy, who is now the Emperor. 
She has a conversation about the power of the hammer that she notices emanating from the hammer, briefly with Sue Storm, before being interrupted by Ben Grimm, who says the Emperor needs her again. It's a very quick turnaround, like she just left the room and he comes back to get her. She's sent off to accuse, aka kill someone, for crimes against the Empire. Captain Marvel goes to where the soon-to-be-accused is holding off Kree fighters and doing a damn good job of it, and discovers that it's her half-sister who claims innocence. She defies the Emperor's orders and spares her sister's life, but now they're apparently on the run. I like how this story moved and focused on Carol's badass ability as well as her empathy. It's intriguing, and I'm curious to see where it goes. My biggest issue is how quickly she seems to embrace the Kree half of her biology, despite them attempting to kill her multiple times and often being on the wrong side of galactic fights. But she seems to be looking for an anchor, which excuses some of what she's doing, but not all of it. It seems to set her up for a real family versus duty arc, which could work out considering her militaristic background. Next on the docket, we have Empire number three. I gave that a four out of five. This issue puts the series back on track for me. Much of this is from Reed Richards' perspective when it's being narrated, and it does help to work out some of the tie-ins for the event as well, which helps provide backgrounds for some of those other series. The Katati are moving on Wakanda for the vibranium and rich soil, which will apparently give them additional power because comic books, and Teddy sends his sword to T'Challa to solve the problem without costing any potential human lives. Carol was going to, Captain Marvel Carol was going to sacrifice herself. Human Torch serves as comedic background figure uh, for some of these panels, and I really enjoyed that. What's more pressing is that there's a shadow game afoot. A Kree advisor to Teddy is actually a Skrull who's been shifted into Kree form for quite some time, and it turns out to be actually Teddy's grandmother, Rakil, and she's determined to do something about Teddy's heroism so that he may be an iron-fisted ruler of space. I love that it's a layered, multifaceted story again politics war superheroes i need all of this moving forward no more silly dumps of exposition just development and action next up we have empire captain america number one i give this a three and a half out of five i love how straightforward this book is the synopsis is simple cap goes on the ground inspires the team the team follows him into battle it's that simple cap goes up against a member of the katati who's a leader named she Kanth or Quanth, I don't know, it's Q-A-A-N-T-H, who infects one of his soldiers. That soldier then infects a high-ranking military leader as Katati forces advance uh, at the end of the issue. It's action-packed, it's a simple premise, and Cap doing Cap things. It's fun, it's not vital as of yet, uh, and it's a decent tie-in title. Moving on to Empire, Savage Avengers number one. I gave this book a three out of five. This book barely incorporates the Savage Avengers. This book is more of a Venom, Conan team-up book, and it works. This is another fun story from start to finish. Conan is in Mexico watching wrestling, starting fights like Conan is wont to do, as the Katati invade because of a lack of superhumans in the area, which is actually a very smart play. Most of the superhumans are focused in New York City and other places around the United States, but not really in Mexico. Conan is a badass throughout this this book so far, and Venom is largely and effectively comic relief and muscle. This pairing really works for me, and I hope we get to see more of it in the regular book. There's even a cool video game reference made here as Eddie hands Conan a parking meter that he's yanked out of the ground and says, It's dangerous to go alone. Takes this and hands it to Conan. Five mic stick stack points 
if you at me with the game. Not that difficult. Next up, we have Iron Man 2020 number 5. I gave this a 3.5 out of 5. This event is working towards its conclusion. I can't help but wish that this was issue 3 rather than issue 5 because I feel it's been so slow to develop anything meaningful. Tony's officially back in his body and taking on his brother Arno. Tony's developed a new hard light armor, which is very badass. All the espionage that's been playing out behind the scenes in the entire series finally pays off in this issue except there's a really big confirmed threat at the end of the issue that arno's been warning everybody about for a very long time parts of what makes tony special show up in a big way in this issue specifically him being a futurist but this big ominous cosmic threat should have been the focus all along but the story really got hampered by an ai versus humanity plot line am i real am i not real I just wish it would have just focused a little bit more to give us the coolness of what seems like it's going to be the end of this story. X-Men number 10 is the last Marvel book we have here. I gave it a 3 out of 5. It's an Empire tie-in, but not quite the Empire tie-in X-book. The story seems to focus on Vulcan, Petra, and Sway, as well as the Katati. Vulcan is the main focal point as Petra and Sway try to get him to relax, party. Vulcan encounters the Katati on the moon and basically warns them about coming to Krakoa, basically saying, hey, bitches, you don't want this smoke. And then after they invade his mind, his powers activate, and he unleashes a whole bunch of fire and wipes out a colony. Word gets back to the Katati that there was a problem, and before he dies, that member of the Katati points to Earth and repeatedly says Krakoa. I like how this book puts the Katati in line for a battle they really don't want, since mutants are far more organized and effective than they've ever been before. I've always been a Lionel Francis U fan, and that continues here. I just love his scratchy style of art. All right, uh, that's it for the Marvel side. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to hit up our DC books. Oh, yeah, before I do that, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 45, I gave that the Marvel book of the week. All right, hang in there, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Mike from Twisted Cape. Do you like wasting time at work? We do. Uh, if, if you want to waste some time at work, hopefully not get caught, you should check out thetwistedcape.com. We have a bunch of satire stuff. We have some opinion stuff, some review stuff, a whole bunch of stuff, and other stuff as well. Uh, we have some contest stuff and some other fun stuff. Make sure you check it out uh, at your leisure at any time you want, www.thetwistedcape.com. We'll see you there. Stay twisted. Oh, and we're back. Alright, we're going to jump straight into Batman Superman number 10. I gave this a 3 out of 5. This story is truly a Batman Superman story as it focuses on each character's strength as they square off against an unknown adversary at first, but it's revealed that it's ultra-humanite pulling strings later on. Bruce and Clark take some verbal snipes at each other the way friends often do when they're co-workers. Bruce discovers that there's a possibility that Wayne Tech has had something to do with Atomic Skull's explosion, which was in the previous issue, uh, and he and Clark go to investigate, which sends them against some mind-controlled undead, which is a very cool fight. They don't have to hold back. Superman stops one from exploding uh, at Batman's request, and they the rest take Batman and disappear. Batman wakes up on the Ultra Humanite's surgery table. When he escapes, Ultra Humanite reveals that he now has a bomb in his head as well and did the surgery while Batman was unconscious. I like how the story leaned into who they are as characters, but I'm unsure about how I feel about the art. At times, I really like it. It fits. But at other times, I just wasn't a huge fan. 
Uh, I'm also sh- frustrated that it feels like this book won't tie into larger stories a la Joker War or others that dir- tie directly into the lives of the two main characters outside of Clark Kent being Superman. Finally, we have Wonder Woman 759. I gave this a 4 out of 5. This is my DC book of the week, and it's largely due to the new creative team. Diana gets a new home, some new supporting characters, and an old foe. At a version of Ikea, Diana stops a woman from harming her family and causing an accident as she seems to be under some psychic control. Diana ends up going to a prison where there is another psychic problem, and Max Lord seems to make a return to hound Diana. After a battle in the prison, he causes a bunch of prisoners that he made attack Diana, kill themselves, and then those two characters square up at the end, preparing to do battle. I love how this is written, but a real shout out to Mikhail Janin for doing such beautiful artwork, especially with the panel of Diana holding a truck in one hand and a car in the other. Finally, it seems minor, but I love the lettering used in this book now. It just feels more unique. I really look forward to seeing where this book goes. All right, no interview this week, but I'm close to finishing my list and starting a schedule. If you want to be on the show, hit me up on Twitter at SpiderMike29. Looking ahead to next week, I'm looking forward to a big week. And if my sources are still accurate, uh, from DC, we will have Batman number 96, continuation of Joker War, and DC's Dead Planet number 2, among others. On the Marvel side, we get a release of some other books, starting with Captain America number 21, which I'm really looking forward to reading. And Empire number four. I love how this has been out basically every week. So as I said at the top of the show, this is the first episode where Mike's Thick Stack Attack is live. So send those guesses to the twistedcape at gmail.com or to at the twisted cape and or at SpiderMike29 on Twitter if you're okay with your answers being public, or you can just slide in them DMs if that makes you feel more comfortable. That is all the time we have for this week. Of course, make sure you subscribe to the Twisted Cape on your favorite podcast platform. We're at the Twisted Cape, no spaces on every social media platform, Facebook, The Gram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also, make sure you drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We love the feedback. Make sure you tune in weekly on Wednesday to the Twisted Cape's live show on Facebook or YouTube and live in the comments. We go over them during and at the end of each show. Finally, feel free to shoot us some feedback on this show to thetwistedcape at gmail.com. And make sure you use the subject line MTS. Thanks for tuning in and take us out, son! Until next time, shake it, shake it, baby. Wear your mask, stay twisted. Fix that.